Production. Recorded live. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord. This is Minister Shelley Leapart Williams with Lifesavers University. And let's just talk about it as our radio program tonight. I am so excited tonight to have a wonderful guest um, with me, Evangelist Cheryl Pinkney. Um, she is with Ark of the Covenant Family Ministry, which is her ministry. Um, just want to give you a little background in reference to Reverend Pinkney. She is a wonderful woman, mother, uh, woman of God, woman of faith, woman of prayer. Uh, she is an evangelist over at Deliverance Evangelistic Church. Um, she gave her heart to the Lord at 22 years old, and she's been running after the Lord for a very long time. She served under Pastor Benjamin Smith, and she's involved in various ministries over there, street evangelism, telephone evangelism, prison ministry, teaching in the Bible Institute. But there's just so many things. But I had a wonderful opportunity to be a part of uh Reverend Pinkney's life, we got a chance to meet uh, earlier this year on a missions trip to Puerto Rico, and she is a missionary that is well-traveled throughout the country to preach the gospel, and I am so delighted to have her here um, talking on Just Talk About It tonight. Our show uh, is about domestic violence, and specifically domestic violence in the church, and Minister Pinkney, I'm so happy to have you on. Could you please? I am happy to be here. Amen. I'm happy to be with you tonight. Tell us a little bit about how you got involved um, or how Ark of the Covenant came about and how uh, the ministry of uh, domestic violence came about for you. Yes, yes. I would just like to say good evening to everyone And uh, I just thank God for this opportunity to just speak about domestic violence and how my ministry got started. We know that there are many, many uh, organizations out there that deal with domestic violence, and I have a small part in that. But my part for domestic violence is domestic violence in the church. And how I got started and how Ark of the Covenant came about uh, was while, you know, I'm saved, sanctified, loving the Lord, and my husband at the time would beat me, and I would say, mm-hmm. you know, I got the punches, I got the slaps, I got the, you know, the beat down, you know, the mm-hmm. guns, knives, all of that, while wow. being a Christian. Wow. On the church on Sunday morning, sometimes beat up and beat down. Wow. But one thing I got to say Going through that situation, um, God, when I would go to church, he would just cover me so that mm-hmm. you couldn't see the, the, the black and blue or most of my scars were inward from being punched and bruised, you know, underneath. So mm-hmm. how Ark of the Covenant came about was I began to really cry out to God and ask God, why me, Lord? Why me? You know, you're supposed to be protecting my favor. And God said to me one day, he said, why not you? He said, mm-hmm. I can trust you in this situation, not mm-hmm. knowing that years later that it will become a ministry that will help other women in church to overcome domestic violence. Mm-hmm. So Ark of the Covenant came about because during those times, God would definitely be with me, and mm-hmm. he would cover me. It would be nice I would lay down and go to sleep, and I would wake up in the middle of the night, and I would see angels' wings lift up over me and my children. Jesus. And God let me know that his presence was with me. Mm. And that's how Ark of the Covenant came about. The presence of God that surrounded the Ark of the Covenant when they were taking the Ark in, God's presence was there to let them know, I'm here with you in this situation. I'm here. Wow, that is powerful. That is really powerful, Reverend. I'm wondering, do you think that this is something that is really hitting the church? Is it really something that we talk about or something that, you know, really doesn't happen? What do you think? What I've experienced is um, 
coming to the forefront and talking about domestic violence among the clergy, it is a very difficult subject because mm-hmm. now we have to remember a woman that's in church that's being abused, and sometimes it's not physical abuse all the time. It's emotional abuse. It's verbal abuse. And some of those things could be just as damaging as if you were hit. Mm-hmm. Although with the physical abuse, you, you're able to see the scars mm-hmm. on a person, especially mm-hmm. if they're being punched in the face. So mm-hmm. they're talking about in a church where this woman is coming, her husband could be the pastor, it could be a deacon, it could be, you know, one of the ministers, and they're right there in the same church. So it's difficult uh, for a woman that is involved in domestic violence to come out and say, oh my God, my husband is beating me. Because now abusers come in all shapes and sizes, all mm-hmm. colors, <laughs> you know, they're the sweetest, charming person you want to meet until mm-hmm. they get home. So violence in the church and what I've learned and what God taught me because I started another ministry within the church, and it's just a spinoff from Ark of the Covenant. And so I said, well, God, how can I bring this into the church so that women can know that they're not alone, that you're with them, and that you want to heal them and deliver them from this? So I began a ministry called Breaking the Bonds Deliverance Ministry, and that's Uh at uh, Deliverance Evangelistical Church. And what that entailed, when I would get up on a Sunday to announce, you know, when my my meeting was to be for women, no one would come. Wow. And I was saying, well, Lord, what is it? But after I would make an announcement and give some analogies and, and just share what God had done for me, now, way after church, I would get women that would come to me and say, sis, I was encouraged by what you said. Oh, my God, just keep me in your prayers. Oh, my God, I thank God for that word that was spoken. So I would get all, you know, words afterwards, but then they would leave. But they wouldn't show up for a meeting. So I asked the Lord, how can I do this so that no one is hurt, no one's offended? Because now people are afraid that if they come to someone in the church, that their business is going to be spread out there. And it will mm. get back to that husband that you're talking about him. And guess what that would do? Incite more abuse. Mm. So what I do now, and I would like people to know, is that every fourth Thursday at Deliverance, I have a class that's called What's in Your Closet? And it was a backdoor the Lord allowed me to use in order to reach women of domestic violence. And it's an actual closet, and a Sister Shelley can attest to this closet. Because in yeah. this closet, it, it looks like an actual closet. It's just downscale. And it's so many different things in this closet that we hide, and we don't want nobody to know that we're going through. So with and this closet... It's a means of helping you come to the place of healing and deliverance inwardly. I know when I came that night, there was so many things. I mean, hundreds of things, you know, that you had made me begin to think like, okay, that's in the closet, but do I I really want to? I don't know. I, I need to keep that in the closet. Or, you know, you had me begin to start thinking, about what really is in my closet, you know? Can you uh-huh. can you you know name a few things that may be hidden in people's closets as a part of uh, your ministry? Uh, look, now, in talking about this closet, I just want people to know it's just like your natural closet. Let me start there first, because in our natural closets, we have so much stuff in our closets. And our closets come in different size, different shapes. You know, some closets are huge. You can walk in them. Some closets are small. You can barely get anything in it. But it's our closet. Some have lights you can turn on when you when you open the door in that closet. Some have double doors on the closet. Think of it as your natural closet. Now, you put things in that closet. Sometimes you hide things in the back of that closet that you don't want nobody to see. You don't want nobody to know about. You keep clothes that you might have had for years 
in that closet, and then after a while from you putting so much stuff, the door starts to bulge open. Mm-hmm. And you be like, oh, wow, listen, I can't have this. So you open the doors one day, you say, let me go in here and clean out this closet. And you stand there, and you look, and you look, you say, it's just overwhelming to you. You just shut the doors and say, I can't tackle this right now. You know, I need mm-hmm. help. Mm-hmm. I need help to get this closet clean. And sometimes mm-hmm. we do need help. Yeah. Because we'll go in and we'll start pulling everything out all over everywhere. Remember, that's your closet, and you're going to clean it. And if you have a walk-in closet, you're really in trouble because you have everything in that closet, everything mentionable you can think of. So this natural closet had me begin to think about our spiritual closet. Well, we have things that, let's see. We have in our closet some physical ailments that we go through. Say you're battling cancer, you don't put that in that closet because you don't want nobody to know about that. Uh, you might have, you might be going through, you know, heart problems, or you might be going through diabetes. You might be going through all kinds of physical ailments, and some of us put those things in our closet and we don't nobody to know about them. We don't want to deal with them right then and there. But now, how about? We have hatred in that closet because there's things we've hated and sometimes even God. You have malice in that closet. You have fear in that closet. You got doubt in that closet because you're unsure. You're unsure about who you are and to whom you belong. You have um, one of the things we dealt with when uh, Sister Shelley came um, was failures. We put those failures in the closet sometimes, failure of a relationship, failure of marriages, failures of not being able to perform, you know, uh, with our husbands or with our children or interact with our families. So many things. You got raped in that closet. Some of us have been raped. Some of us have been molested. Uh, some of us have gone through domestic violence in several stages of domestic violence. Some of it has gone through hurt, pain, and bitterness, you know, being unloved, being unwanted. And so those things we put in that closet and we keep it there. But after a while, that closet begins to fill up and you start becoming dysfunctional Mm. because you don't ever want nobody to come to your house and see all the stuff you have in that closet. Mm. So some of us got a do not disturb sign on that closet. Don't 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 go there. Don't don't touch that. You know. Mm-hmm. Or put locks on our closet because there's so much in there that we just don't want it to bust open, especially when we got company. Mm-hmm. Especially when people come to see us. We mm-hmm. wanna make sure everything is neat and in its place. Mm-hmm. But in order to start cleaning that closet, sometimes you need help because it's so overwhelming. And this is where my ministry comes in at. As I go into this closet, you will realize that there are some things in our closet we can keep. There are some secrets we can keep in our closet because some of those secrets are good secrets. And this closet will help anyone from the age of 10 to 110. Mm-hmm. That's how vast and how God wants to help us on every level to begin to deal with those things in our life that are keeping us dysfunctional so that we cannot move forward in the things of God because we're so dysfunctional. We're so afraid that somebody's going to get in that closet. You know, they tell us how they, you just sweep things under the rug, you keep sweeping them under the rug, you keep sweeping and sweeping and sweeping it, so after a while somebody's going to trip over what's under your rug because there's so much that you can't deal with. So what's in your closet? We've dealt with those negative things in our closet. Let's let's talk about rape for a minute. A lot of women have been raped. And as you look at the news, you can see some women coming out, you know, about uh, – different people who have touched them and, you know, this happened when they were uh, 
various ages. There's no age on rape. But you put that thing in your closet, and when that thing is in your closet, you haven't dealt with it. And as you begin to grow up, you begin to take on these feelings of hatred and anger towards all men. Now, it might have just been one man, but then you begin to view all men as rapists. No good. You know, they're only out to get what they can get from you. But in order for you to be able to move forward and see yourself as God see you, not as the victim, you have to see yourself as the victor in this situation. You have to be healed inwardly. You have to come to the place where you allow that thing to be opened up and exposed, not to the world, but to you first, because healing got to start with you. Coming up as a child, myself, being molested five, six years old, not just once, but several times. And as I got older, I kind of put that thing in the back of my mind because I didn't want to think about the experience that I went through. But then I began to act in a different way because guess what that did? It said to me that you're no good. Nobody will ever want you. It put me in a place to say, oh, God, I'm, I'm just worthless. I'm not clean. I'm unclean because of what happened to me as a child growing up. Being molested is not something that everybody can deal with. And so putting it back, I find myself, you know, running around, afraid most of the time to talk to boys or even being boys' presence, but always having that thought in my mind that, God, oh, my God, he looks like a nice guy. Let me get in touch with him. Let me do this and let me do that. So you're doing things that promiscuous things. You're going out, you're having sex at an early age because within yourself, you're trying to find that place that makes you feel whole. And the only way to do that is because of the molestation or the rape. You go out there and you say, well, listen, somebody's going to love me. They took it from me, so you can love me because I'm going to give it to you. How? In today's time, we see young girls, and how many times do we say, look at her, she just fresh. She nasty. Ain't nothing. Oh, she ain't going to be no good to nobody. But how many people know that young lady might have been one that was raped, who now has low self-esteem, who probably was molested. And the worst part of molestation is trying to tell somebody that it happened to you. And guess what? Nine times out of ten, mothers will say, not my daughter. No, my, no, my boyfriend couldn't do that to you. Or, no, my husband couldn't do that to you. No, 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 no. So where is a young lady to turn? Who do we turn to in these times of crisis when we want to reach out and tell somebody what happened to us, but then when you reach out to the one that's closest to you and they tell you it didn't happen, you're lying, what begins to happen? You begin to shut down. But then you begin to live a life of promiscuity. Because I'm sorry, Reverend, I just want to give people an opportunity to call in really quick. I'm going to ask Rob sure. to come on the line and just give that information um, and tell, you know, our callers where they can call in because this is a really heavy topic, and I know that people have questions and may have some concerns, you know, um, but this is a safe place. We want people to know this is a safe place, and I thank Amen. you for how honest you are with your own story, you know, of dealing with, you know, molestation and domestic violence. So I, I invite Brother Rob to just go ahead and tell where they can call in and how they can get in touch with the. Yeah, it's not a problem. It's not a problem. Um, it's like, like all the listeners know that this is a product of Purpose Kingdom Network, and this is the show Let's Talk About It with uh, Minister Shelley and Willie Williams. And we have a special guest, um, and uh, she's going to, you know, let everybody know about herself and where she fellowships at. 
And the phone number to call in is 724-444-7444. You're going to use the show ID number 142631, and then you're going to hit the pound button. After you hit the pound button, you're going to hit one pound so you can listen in. And after you listen in and uh, we want to chime in and talk to any of our hosts, you're going to hit the number star eight. And after that, uh, we'll let our hosts know, and we will uh, see if we can get a conversation going. Right now, we have a great conversation going on. And um, uh, Minister uh, Cheryl, uh, I'm glad that we have an opportunity to talk to you. Um, I have seven daughters. Um, I have Mm -hmm. a wife. Um, I have aunts, and I have uh, sisters and a mother. And uh, Mm -hmm. this is something that, you know, um, I appreciate you talking about. This is something that um, when uh, a lot of women, you know, especially you you touched off at the point where it seems like um, you have no way to turn and no one to talk to. Um, This is an excellent opportunity that uh, women, um, even when, you know, they don't understand. Uh, One thing that men don't understand is, uh, why didn't you turn to me? Uh, right. One, one of the reasons why is um, sometimes you want to you want to express that this is this is not my fault, and sometimes when you have that doubt that that one little notion in your head, yeah, um, you don't want to get your your brothers, your uncles, or your fathers, or any male figure that's in your life, you don't want them getting involved in something that you think that you did wrong. Right. Um, so that's why it's the importance of uh you know, talking to a like person or a female or someone that's been in their situation. Yeah. Um, sometimes a lot of females, um, like you said, where it seems like it's a male-dominant world, as though they feel as though they don't want to expose themselves, where as though that it seems like um, they've done something wrong, whereas though they keep constantly um, self-examining themselves. Right. And they feel as though they're at a point where they're unpretty um, to right. the world. And that's why... Um, you know, the message that you're sending forth is so important uh, to women right now, especially women of color, because um, yeah. a lot of people don't understand that when um, there's predators, uh, they prey on family structures where there's not yeah. a strong family structure. Uh, that's where they're, they attack. Um, just like, you know, anywhere where there's a disaster or earthquake or something, and right. they want to know why uh, they're preying on these people and say, hey, you know, give, we're going to help you out, give you a social security number, give you this, give us that. And the next thing you know, they're another victim of something else. Right. So, so you just want to let everybody know that it's not people that's not strong. It's just people that's already vulnerable where, right. you know, these monsters, we want to call them monsters, that's what they are, the way they attack. And um, like I said, I'd like to hear more. I don't want to take up um, any more time. Um, I want to return the show back in the minister of Shelley's hands. And um, uh, so far it's an excellent show, and um, it's great information. And uh, thanks again. I'm just going to sign off, and um, I'd like to hear more. Amen. Uh, so once again, the number is 724-444-7444. And the uh, um, code for logging on to the show is 142631. And then once you've done that, you'll do uh, one pound. And then if you're interested in, you know, talking to um, Reverend Sheryl or myself, uh, don't forget to hit pound eight, all right? So we look forward to hearing from you. Reverend Sheryl, I want you to go forward and continue to minister to the people. Amen. So and talking about um, dealing with, um, women and 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 Reverend Rob hit on something um, as I was listening to him because um, we're living in a time now where people are saying, "Well, men get abused too. They get abused. Yes, men get abused. Children get abused. But the most population that's really, really being dealt with in this abuse situation are women, and dealing with women of color." Because women that are being abused in all shapes, sizes, and color, women are afraid, afraid. And, 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 and this is one point that I need to bring out. People that say, well, is she getting beat up? Why don't she just leave? Why don't she just get out of the relationship? First of all, when you met this person, this person didn't come to you as, as a monster. They didn't come saying, oh, I'm going to beat you up. I'm going to do this. They didn't come punching and slapping you. 
when women get involved with these men that are abusive, these men are charming. They treat you like the queen you want to be treated like. They give you everything. They do everything for you. But we as women, what we fail to do is to get to know more about a man, know about his family, meet his mother, meet his sisters, see how they interact together. Because that's a sure sign right there. If he ain't treating his mama right, he ain't treating his sisters right, he's not going to treat you right. But we're so quick as women, all a guy got to say is, I love you. And right away, that's the button he pushed, and you in love, because all of us want to be loved. All of us want to be loved. So I want to encourage women today to let you know that you are loved more than you even know your love, because the Lord Jesus Christ came and died on the cross for your sins and my sins. Why? Because the word of God says, for God so loved the world. He so loved us that he gave Jesus in our sin. So we're looking for love, but we're looking for it in all the wrong places. Because if a guy can tell you that he loves you, and then he'll beat you up, and then five minutes later he's coming in the house with some roses and some flowers and say, oh, baby, I'm sorry, I didn't mean it. And then you say, well, okay, he didn't mean it. Then the next time he comes around, he's stomping you somewhere, and then he'll come back, you know, with, with a card or, come on, baby, let's go out. You know, I love you. And we constantly stay in that cycle, in that cycle, because within us we're trying to see if we can save him because, you know, it's our fault. We believe the lie is our fault. If I would just cook the food right, if I would just dress right, if I would just be more kind to him, if I'd be just more obedient to him. And when it comes to women of faith, it's the word of God that's used against you. You know, the word says you're supposed to submit to me. But what does that submission entail? What are you submitting to? Because God said men ought to love their wives as you love yourself. So if he ain't loving on himself, he surely can't love on you. So women that are in an abusive situation, they want to leave. Trust me, I tell anybody they want to leave, but when there are children involved, where are they going to go? You always have to have a plan of escape. If you don't have a plan of escape, you're not going anywhere, and it takes time to plan an escape. You have to do it strategically. And you never tell the person that's abusing you, I'm leaving you. Because at the height that a woman talks about leaving is the time that she can be killed or murdered. We look at the murder rate and domestic violence is almost at the top, you know, short of being shot by a gun. Domestic violence is in there. Women are being killed at alarming rate. The, and statistics let us know that every five seconds, so you count every five seconds that I've been on this phone with you, some woman is being abused somewhere. Wow, every five seconds. So what wow. I say to people, every five seconds that she's been abused, there's been a family that's been torn apart. There's been a child that has been exposed to that abuse. There's a neighborhood that's been exposed to that abuse. There's a city. There's a nation. There's a country. Every five seconds that abuse is going on, that someone is being affected by that abuse. It's not just the woman. But when you have children, they're affected by that abuse every five seconds. So I want our listeners to know that you're not alone in this situation. See, the enemy will have you to think that, well, you know, God wants you to be in this situation, you know, because God knows you need to be more tolerant, that you need to be more obedient, that you need to listen to your husband, you need to listen to that boyfriend, you need to listen to them, and then maybe you wouldn't get beat. But how about this, Sister Shelley, when a woman is in abuse, uh, Mama done been in abuse. Grandma done been in abuse. See, 
This thing is a generational curse. Mm. Generation after generation after generation mm. has succumbed to the spirit of abuse. And until someone in that family acknowledges the Lord Jesus Christ as their Savior, to break that curse, then yeah. it's going to continue. It's going to continue. So, you know, people probably listen and say, well, what does, you know, belief in Jesus Christ, you know, because there are programs out there that we can go to and we can get help and we can get, you know, free of this. Women Against Abuse had two 100-bed safe houses for women to go, two. And guess what? They're all filled. They turn away at least. 15,751 requests for people to come, women and children, to come to stay in their place. They got they turned away because there's no space. No place 20, for them. No place for them. No wow. place. Now, they will try to, to, to hook you up with other agencies or other places, but as you leave even Philadelphia County, there are other places and they're all filled. So what's a woman to do? To I've go gone back. through this. That's yeah. right. So a lot of them have to go back. Yeah. And when they go back, that abuse becomes even more uh, advanced against them. Wow. Now, you would think, well, why can't I go to my family? Why can't I go to my mother? Well, I'm finding that women that have been abused or grew up in abuse, especially, you know, back in the, the, the 40s and the 50s, their mentality is take it. You know that man love you, just take it. Be more nice to him. And they're apt to tell them that if you come to them for help, they'll tell that man, listen, she came over here the other night, you know, saying that you hit or whatever. I told her to go back home. So what's that going to do for her? But cause that man to even beat her more because now you're going to tell my business to your family. I want you to know that God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that you could ask or think. I wasn't in domestic violence for two days, two weeks, two years. It was several years going through an abusive situation with my husband, being beaten sometimes, busted head, being slapped and kicked, and trying to keep it from my children. See, women that's going through, they try to keep their children out of it. But what you don't know, your children are involved in it because they're right there with you. You think they can't hear the screams or the punches through the walls while they're in their room at nighttime or daytime? Children hear it all. And if they don't get help, the the boys will grow up to do the same thing daddy did. Wow. Girls will grow up to do the same thing mommy did. Get in that situation and just take it. That's trauma. So, That's major trauma right there. Major trauma. Trauma. Wow. Major trauma. So as you can see, we have our hands filled, and especially in the church, the place that's supposed to be the healing hospital. Those that's in there need help themselves. I know they're there because I was one that was there. You need help, and the only one that can help you is Jesus. Now, yes, you can go to, you can go any place to any, you know, counselor, anything like that when you're going through, you know, different situations. But let me tell you what Jesus did for me. Not only did he deliver me out of domestic violence, not only did he heal the scars, but God has turned my life around going through domestic violence, and guess what? Learning how to forgive, learning how to love the way God wants us to love, not that uh, love. I love you if you do right, and, and if you don't do right, then guess what? You can't have my love, but unconditional love. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, love. So I had to learn 
first of all, who I was. As a woman, I had to learn who I was. I wasn't created to be beaten and battered. Nope, that's not the woman I was created to be. I was created to be a woman, a woman of wealth, a woman of strength, a woman that stands beside her man to help meet, to help and to strengthen and to pray for him. So I went through this situation, and guess what? I came to the other side of through because going through that and watching God teach me spiritual warfare, teach me that my husband wasn't my enemy, that the real enemy was the prince and the power of the air, which was Satan. Because he is the thief that comes not but to kill, steal, and destroy. He comes to break up the very thing that God loves, which is family. He comes to, now listen, life comes to the woman, and if he can kill you, he's killed life. Life. That's what this whole thing is about, life. How do we live after domestic violence? One day at a time and with faith, power, love, strength, and trust in God. I was able to come through that situation. I was able to learn how to love my husband in that situation. And I was free from the bondage and uh, all the things that come with domestic violence, the fear, the doubt, the unbelief, I was delivered from that. I was healed of it so that I can love again with God's kind of love. Because now I've talked to women that's going through domestic violence, and I talked to this one woman who said she hid herself for three years afraid that her husband was going to come after and kill her. Three years. She changed her identity. She changed her name. She changed her residence. She changed friends. She changed everything. No communication with family or nothing. Wow. Afraid. But when God does it, you're not afraid. My husband told me one day, he said, listen, he said, I hate you so much, I will hire a hitman to kill you. Wow. You'll be walking down the street one day, he's going to run up on you, just blow your head off. That's how much I hate you. Wow. And the Holy Spirit said, God haven't given you the spirit of fear, but a power, love, and a sound mind. You will not live in fear. Because greater is he that's in me than he that's in this world. And I began to bind up that devil. Because, see, I discern what voice was speaking. He used my husband, but his voice was speaking. Because with domestic violence, it, it brings about fear. Fear. Fear, and if you live in fear, you can't live in faith. Mm. Reverend you, Peter, can we take and just let the callers know where they can call in? And if you're interested sure. on the line, please press uh, star eight, and we will uh, allow you to talk to Reverend Pinkney if you just want to talk and um, if you just want to share anything, you are welcome. Um, press star eight. And um, we welcome your um, comments and anything you'd like to say. So once again, the number on the line is 724-444-7444. The show ID is 142-631. The number one, and then press the pound sign. And if you'd like to say anything, press star eight. All right, we look forward to hearing from you. Reverend, um, just to, you know, just to back up just a little bit on some of the things you were saying, you were saying every five seconds or every five minutes, you said, I believe, that there's... Every five seconds. 
Every five seconds someone is being abused. That is really unbelievable, the numbers of women or young, you know, women or adult women, married, single, just being abused, and it goes untold. You know, yes. some people probably even, like you said, you know, keep it in their closet and go to their death with it. They push it all the way to the back and then, yes. you know, get married to somebody else and yes. come, you know, these same issues and struggling, yes. just struggling. How Trust. in the world it could be such, you know, I can't imagine living, you know, as an abused woman, going to church every Sunday. I know it was your faith that got you through that. I just can't even Amen. see much your faith, you know. And then to find forgiveness, you know, and to be still praying and seeking the Lord, you know, for his life, that he would, you know, come to the salvation. That's right. And that's what this is all about, too. It's about souls getting saved. My husband was a soul that needed Jesus. Now, I just want people to know, this didn't happen overnight. This was a long process because I first had to know who I was. I had to let the Lord speak into my spirit to tell me and show me who I was, how valuable I was, because there came a time in this relationship when things were going on between me and my husband, I stood in the shower one night, and I said, God, take my life now. I don't want to live anymore. I don't want to live anymore. And this means I have to live like this. Lord, take my life. And the Holy Spirit began to minister to me. He said, now, if I take your life, who is going to be the light for these children? Who is going to be the light for this family? Who are they going to have to pray for them and intercede for them? If I take you, who are they going to go to? I had to come to terms with I was tired of fighting with my husband. I was tired of the press of the beatings, just tired. But God said, I am with you always. So going through domestic violence and being saved, because people say, you can't be saved and go through that. Where was God at? God must didn't love you. Yes, he loved me, but he had a plan for my life. And what I want to say to women today I cannot tell you to stay in a domestic violence situation. On all standpoints, I would say, get out, leave. But what I had to learn was, with the Lord in my life, I got my direction and my guidance from him. Because, see, I don't know what your life may be or how God is leading you or what God is doing in your life. I want to say to you today, begin to pray, begin to seek God, begin to call out to him and let him guide you and direct you as to what to do in your life. And that's even in the natural, even in counseling. We can't tell people what to do. We can only ask you, what do you think is best for you to do? So one of the things, something I want to share with you is what effect does battering have on a person spiritually? Because we're talking about spiritual things right now. Spiritually, it is designed to kill the spirit or the heart of the person so that the person becomes dysfunctional in life. Women that are being abused become dysfunctional. They walk around in the days. They don't even know what the day is. They don't know if tomorrow is even going to come. All they know is they're trying to live one breath at a time. Spiritually, battering tears down your ability to believe, to cope, to trust, to hope. And if you don't have those things, you're in despair. 
that you give up. And a lot of women die on that battlefield of domestic violence. A lot of them die because they decide, I'm going to tell him it's over, I'm leaving, I'm getting out of here. You can't leave without a plan. Spiritually battering, it destroys, it damages, it mutilates, it annihilates, it crushes, and it violates the person's mind, spirit, and soul. It leaves the person feeling abandoned, helpless, frustrated, confused, used, empty, open for the attacks of the enemy, nervous, afraid, unloved, unattractive, unwanted, uncaring, hateful, untrusting, unforgiving. It leaves you bitter, resentful, angry, suspicious of everyone and everything. It leaves you unfruitful for God. But the most important feeling it leaves a better person with is fear. Because if you are fearful, you can't move forward. Fear will grip you and keep you in one place. It doesn't allow you to move. It doesn't allow you to think. Only thing you think of is terror. You're thinking about the next punch that will come or the next iron burn that you get or the next slap you're going to get or the next jaw that's going to be broken, eyes knocked out, ribs broken, but you're afraid. It's about control of the person's mind, will, and emotion. Spiritually, Battering, it drains you mentally, emotionally, physically, and spiritually. It takes everything about you that is good and leaves you barren and afraid to live life. Right. A bad, yes. A better woman. Go ahead. I want to give, give Pastor Tony um, some time to um Maybe at this time, like, accept the Lord. This has been such an awesome topic, and time is going by so fast. Yes. I want to give her time to just give the plan of salvation Amen. Um, as well, and then, you know, we'll come back on because I want you to give your information on how people can reach you and your Amen. ministry and come out to deliverance. Pastor Tony, are you on the line? Yes, this is. I am here. This is Pastor Toy. I bless God for both of you. Minister Shelley, it is so good to hear you on the air. You always bring forth such a needed ministry to the people. And I just bless God that you and Reverend Cheryl Pinkney uh, counted it not robbery to talk about abuse and especially Mm -hmm. abuse in the church. You know, Mm -hmm. we, we get saved and We put on this facade that we have it all together, that as soon as Christ came into our life, this magical proof took place, and now all of a sudden everything is perfect. And because that's the facade that we put on, there are so many hurt believers feeling like I can't come forward. I can't ask for help. They're going to question my salvation. They're going to tell me that I don't pray enough. They're going to tell me I'm not saved enough. They're going to tell me I'm not holy enough. When the truth of the matter is the enemy is just attempting to shift you as weak. And unfortunately, he has us in a place where those who are saved got on such a fake facade mask of perfection. That we are of no heavenly good to those who God has sent us to minister and this shepherd too. Amen. So it's like it's a bunch of shepherds with wolves just running around the sheep pen having its prey of whatever sheep it chooses to eat. Amen. But we bless God for you, Reverend uh, Cheryl Pinkney, for sharing your story, your testimony, and for allowing your mess to become God's message for the upbuilding of the kingdom of God. And I praise God for you with that. And uh, Minister Shelley, you know how I feel about you because you always bring such love and such dedication but such passion 
to the ministry and to the table when you are dealing with the things, the unspoken truths of the church, the unspoken topics of the church that for Amen. some reason the church doesn't want to talk about. Amen. And it, it, it's Amen. something that I heard everyone say in, in, in their conversation this evening. They were talking about how fear can grip you and how fear can hold you into bondage. But what I love is what God's word says and what Reverend Cheryl Pinckney said, that God did not give us the spirit of fear, but what he gave us was the spirit of adoption. Now, let me tell you how deep that adoption is. That adoption is your seal, your inheritance into the kingdom. Know that once you become a kingdom citizen, everything does not become perfect. In all honesty, ah. all hell is going to break loose around you because yeah. Satan going to try to get you back. So this fairy yeah. tale of you accept Christ in your life and everything is all right, that's bogus and it's a lie. Yeah. But when you accept Christ in your life and you allow him to completely rule over your life and you submit your will to Christ's will, although everything may not look all right, you know that everything is all right because we know that through Christ Jesus we ultimately get the victory and we know that all things work together for good for those who are called by his name and who are chosen by his name. Let me explain to you. When uh, Naomi and her family moved to the Mo- to Moab and her uh, sons married the two Moabite women, it didn't look good for Naomi. When her husband and her sons died in this foreign country, it didn't look good for Naomi. But when God finished working out that situation, out of that situation came King David. So understand that no matter what you're going through, if you could do what Ruth did, Ruth got to a place where she turned her back on all of the things that she was taught. Didn't mean she didn't stop loving her family. She just couldn't deal with her family at that particular time. And I'm not telling nobody not to deal with your family. What I'm saying Mm -hmm. is if you accept Christ, the perspective of what you're dealing with will change. So how do you do it? How do you accept them? How do you get to have this personal relationship? I call it the back of our faith. You believe, you accept, you confess. You believe that Jesus Christ is who he says he is, that he is the embodiment of God wrapped up in flesh, that he came from the womb of a virgin woman, that he lived on this earth for 33 years, that he spent three years ministering and meeting the needs of the people and showing you what God looks like and what the love of God feels like. Then he showed you so deeply that he went to Gagatha's Hill to Calvary's cross and laid his life down for the remission of our sins. And then more importantly, he bust the grave wide open three days later. If you can believe that, the next step is to just simply accept it. Because there's a lot of people that believe Jesus existed but does not believe that he is the son of God, that does not believe that he is the God-man, God wrapped up in flesh. They believe God is powerful enough to create the world, but not powerful enough to put himself in the body. So accepting is key. You have to accept the gift of God. And if you accept the gift of God, which is Jesus Christ, then you have eternal life. How do you accept it? Just simply repeat after me. Father, I'm a sinner who needs to be saved. I'm a mess. And I know that even at my best, I'm but a filthy rag in your sight. So, God, I ask you to come into my life. I ask your son Jesus to come into my life, to forgive me of my sins, to wash me white as snow. I ask him to sit on the throne of my heart as the king of my heart. I submit my will to his will. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen. If you said that, the last thing you have to do is confess it. And despite what people are going to tell you, you don't need a Sunday morning service, prayer meeting, Bible study, synagogue, none of that. All you got, you can call somebody on your phone right now and say, I accepted Jesus Christ into my life. And according to God's word, you handle the back of our face. You confessed it. You're saved. You can send a text message to somebody. You can turn to whoever's sitting next to you. You can send an email to us right here at Purpose Kingdom. We're Purpose Kingdom Net. 
at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. We would love to pray with you. We would love to pray for you. And if you've done that, according to God's word, you are saved. The next thing you should do is attempt to find a Bible-believing, preaching, teaching sanctuary where you can grow in the healing knowledge of Jesus Christ and, and grow from and grow in healing from the trials and the tribulations of this world. And understand, when you go into a sanctuary, it's not perfect. They're going to try to act like they're perfect. They're going to try to look like they're perfect. But a a church is nothing but a spiritual hospital. And if you're in the hospital, it's because something's wrong with you. So that's all I have to say about that. Please join us here tomorrow evening for another broadcast of Purpose Kingdom Network with Sophisticated Ladies by Miss Andrea Wonderdre Presley. She will be on at www.talkshoeradio.com. You can follow us on Facebook at Purpose Kingdom. We are on Instagram and Twitter at Purpose underscore Kingdom. Please feel free to email any comments, suggestions, concerns to us directly at PurposeKingdomNet at gmail.com. Know that we love you with the love of Christ. We're praying with you. We're praying for you. Minister Shelley, once again, God bless you. Reverend Shaw Pinkney, God bless you. Minister Shelley, the rest of the ministry is back in your hands. Amen. I just want to give um, Reverend Shaw, I just want to thank you so much for just being so honest and open about what God has done in your life, how uh, he has taken you, you know, from um, a a pit almost to uh, a palace, as they would say, and how you, how, you know, you've turned this situation around to bring healing to other people. And I commend you for that because your honesty is just set somebody else free. I want you to know that, that, you know, all that you just gave out, I'm praying a double blessing for your life. Um, I look forward to having you on again. If you love to come back on, I would love to have you come back on and share even more with the women of God. Um, And we can talk a little bit further. Um, It's so much more to the closet I found that it just, (laughs) this is just the surface people of God of, you know, what she's talking about to all the stuff that was in the closet that was hitting back, you know, behind those shoes. But, Reverend Shaw, you can give them your information, where they can find you. Um, I would love that as we close out the show. Amen, amen. Thank you. Thank you so much, uh, Minister Shelley, for having me. And I tell you, I would be grateful to be back on again, to be able to share uh, with this listening audience the love of Jesus Christ and how he can set us free. So my information is um, I'm at Deliverance. And I do What's in Your Closet. It's called Breaking the Bond Deliverance Ministry. And the phone number is 215-226-7600, extension 3134. And this is our social service department. So if you would call that number, you could get information about where the class is because we don't give out where the class is because it's in a different location so that women can feel safe when they come out to the church. Even if you come, Deliverance Evangelistic Church is located at 2001 West Lehigh Avenue. When you come in, there's security to, to greet you, and you all you have to say is, I want to go to what's in your closet, and they will direct you and give you information as to how to get there. So, again, it's every fourth Thursday. Now, this month, which is November, and because Thanksgiving falls on that fourth Thursday, our class will be on November the 17th. It starts at 6 p.m. to 7.30 p.m. All are welcome. We will wait for you. We'll be more than happy to have you come out and get that class cleaned out. But just know it's going to be a long process because nothing is going to happen overnight. Amen. God bless you, Sister Shelley, and thank you so much. And um, uh, Reverend um, Cheryl, um, yeah. I'd like to thank you. Um, I have a, we have online listeners, and I have a message from an online listener, and she says, "I, I um, the message reads, I'm sorry, Minister, um, I did not get a chance to listen to your information. Can you please give it again? I was moving around some things, 
and I came back, and I've just got the end part of your address and phone number. Okay. Can you please repeat that? Yes. Okay, the church is Deliverance Evangelistical Church, 2001 West Lehigh Avenue. Um, their phone number is 215-226-7600, extension 3134, and this is our social services department. So if you call them, um, they will give you directions as to how to get there. As I said, the class is called What's in Your Closet, and it's the fourth Thursday of every month, but this month is going to be November the 17th. The start time is 6 p.m., and we end at 7.30 p.m. So I look forward to seeing you and hearing from you. You come to the church, we have security that will direct and guide you as to where to go because, as I said, we don't give out the location within the church where the ministry will take place. But come and be blessed. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. So, Reverend Sure, I just thank you once again. And callers, uh, my name is Minister Shelley Leapart Williams. I am with Lifesavers University. Uh, our motto is we are here to save a life. And you are just on the line with let's talk about it. And we're going to continue to talk about these issues that are plaguing our churches. Uh, tonight was about domestic violence, and Reverend Cheryl has said she will come back and begin to share even more about what may else be hiding in your closet. So God bless, and we will talk to you in the future. Amen. Amen. God bless. God bless.